As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. We had 13 days to get ready, and that was what we were able to do with it. And uh, that's what we did uh, against division rival Green Bay on national television for the whole world to see. What's going on, guys? It's the Week 12 Bear Up and Bear Down episode, and it's going to be a short one. Uh, I promise, because um, there aren't any, well, there aren't many bear downs. There are two that I can think of, eh, maybe three. But uh, overall, uh, you know, a lot of bear downs. Uh, I mean, I don't know about a lot, but uh, definitely more than two or three. And, um, you know, it's just one of those ones, you know, with, with the way the Bears have been playing the last month or so, we have been, you know, kind of dreading this game. We've been staring down the barrel of it, you know, like we were nervous about Rams, Saints, Titans, and we thought maybe uh, Minnesota would give us a nice little uh, break with the way that they were playing when the when that three-game stretch started. And instead, you know, they beat us up on Monday Night Football, sent us into the bye on a four-game losing streak. And then we had this Sunday night game, the first one of the year, uh, against Green Bay, the first matchup of the year against Green Bay, and you know, just just had an eerie feeling for the last two weeks. No matter, no matter who the quarterback was, or you know who was healthy and who wasn't, I just had a feeling this was going to be a disaster kind of football game. And eventually, it was. In the beginning, we kind of put up a fight in the first quarter, sort of, and all the rest of that stuff. I'll dig more deeply into that on the review episode tomorrow. But this is about bear ups and bear downs, who played well, who didn't, and let's get to these awards and get them over with. It's the Bear Up and Bear Down episode of the Bear Stalk Underground for week number 12, so let's get to it. God damn it, I hate it when I'm right, you know, I just, I wanted so badly to be wrong about what I thought was going to happen. Uh, on on Sunday night, uh, this this eerie feeling that I've had the last couple of weeks with the way that we've played Green Bay coming off a tough loss to Indianapolis on the road last week where they basically they they lost the game. I don't want to take anything away from Indianapolis, but watching the last of the football game, I didn't watch like the first three quarters of it, but I saw the, most of the fourth quarter and all of 
overtime, and in that time period, it was more of a game that Green Bay lost than Indianapolis won because Green Bay had a bunch of mistakes uh, in there, you know, for, you know, turnovers and things like that, and ultimately it was a turnover that ended up losing them the football game, set up the game-winning uh, drive for the for the Colts. Colts had a ton of holding penalties in that football game. They could have ended in, in, in regulation if not for some of those holding penalties uh, you know, on the offensive line and things like that. And it just seemed like it was a game that Green Bay let get away. They should have, they should have probably won the football game and they let it get away because they couldn't get out of their own way. And here they are coming home to Lambeau, Sunday night football, a stage where they usually hand us our ass and then some. And uh, yeah, yeah, it all kind of stacked out uh, that way. It kind of kind of started innocently, you know, opening drive. Here they come. They move the football down the field. It's obvious we're going to miss Akeem Hicks because we're getting gashed in the running game for the first time in a long time. You know, like once the Bears kind of finally got their feet underneath them as far as the running game, some of the best running backs in the league, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and so on, have not been able to run the football very well uh, against us. And then we go against Aaron Jones, a good back, solid guy. You know, we shut down Dalvin Cook for the first three quarters, three and a half quarters of the Monday night game a couple of weeks ago. Then Akeem Hicks goes down with a hamstring injury, and all of a sudden Dalvin Cook's run totals went from 39 yards to 96, you know, just in the fourth quarter alone. And we saw the effects of Aaron Jones, uh, or I should say Aaron Rodgers and company, taking advantage of the fact and watching the film and noticing that all of a sudden we were vulnerable to the run when Akeem Hicks was no longer on the field. And uh, they took advantage of that early and often in their opening drive, and uh, which leads me to the first bear down of the evening, John Jenkins. Uh, I know you're not Akeem Hicks, but uh, we needed you to be, and you were the opposite. Uh, you were not a run stuffer. You were not clogging uh, gaps or anything like that. You were more so just kind of moving out of the way uh, or, or, you know, just <laughs> letting the offensive lineman hold you up just long enough so Aaron Jones could come running right past you uh, over and, and over again. So, um, you know, I, I know that we were asking a lot of you, but it's next man up, man. It's the NFL. This is what you're supposed to do, and uh, you didn't do it. So we'll just start off with, uh, with you. Uh, with our bear ups and bear downs um, let's just do the bear downs and get them out of the uh, way um, I want to give a bear down to Bill Lazor our play caller not so much because I had an issue with the play calling as a whole but um, David Montgomery broke a 57 yard run on the second play from scrimmage for our offense it was the longest run uh, of the season for the Bears, the longest run of David Montgomery's short career. It got us inside the red zone, which is a place that we haven't visited very much this year. And after that 57-yard run, David Montgomery carried the ball five more times in the second half, and I think it was 11 carries total for the game and still managed to break 100 yards for the day. And just wondering why the hell we didn't get like 20 25 carries out of David Montgomery the the offensive line god bless him 
the the new mixture of guys for this particular football game seemed to be working as far as the running game and David Montgomery at least getting through the first level and getting into the second before getting first contact and things like that. Sure, there was some stops, some short gains, fourth, you know, short, uh, you know, you know, line at, at the line of scrimmage and uh, and so on. But overall, in Montgomery's 11 carries or 12 carries, whatever it was for the football game, we were generally playing the running game on their side of the line of scrimmage, something we haven't done in weeks, in months, Jesus Christ, in September. Week three was the last time that I could honestly remember seeing David Montgomery getting at least three yards before first contact. You know, and aside from that big run against New Orleans, we haven't seen the Bears gash anybody in the running game. We have struggled mightily with our reshuffled offensive line over and over again, and you don't stick to the run. Or we don't visit it more often. Now, I know we, we got behind early uh, in the second quarter, but um, honestly, man, I, I, that, I, it's no excuse. It was still early enough in the game to, to try to run the football a little bit better, maybe set up play action to open things up because Mitch struggled so much as the game went along because they knew we weren't throwing the football. So they had no reason to respect the uh, play action uh, or anything like that. And unfortunately, Mitch is still Mitch when it comes to decision making. He, he, I remember hearing t- uh, Tariko and, and, and Tony Dungy, who called the game tonight, uh, say that, that Mitch was going to try to stay away from hero ball, which meant that he was going to take what the offense or defense was giving him instead of trying to take big shots or make big plays or anything like that. And then we watched him do the opposite for a lot uh, of the football game. And, you know, it's like I think he threw three interceptions in this football game, and I think all three of them were stupid throws where he threw it into coverage, where you could just kind of see as the play was developing, oh, there's a guy wide open right there, but you're going to throw it to the guy that's uh, got one guy next to him and two others converging on him before you even let go of the football. So uh, decision-making hasn't gotten any better. I will say this for Mitch, uh, who's bear down, Mitch Trubisky, by the way. Um, He's definitely a better athlete than Nick Foles. I mean, we all knew that beforehand, but there was kind of a, you know, as funny as it's going to sound, kind of an effortlessness to the way that he was playing tonight. You know, it it seems like more of a struggle for Foles to do the things that Mitch finds easy. You know, and I'm not really talking about the running, but it just, he seems to be like more of a fluid kind of guy. You know, just comparing the two and, and watching them, uh, you know, having, you know, watch Nick Foles straight up for the last seven weeks. And then we watch uh, T- T- Trubisky tonight. You know, it's it's obvious that Mitch Trubisky is a much better athlete than Nick Foles. Uh, I would say that Foles is more of a quarterback than an athlete. And unfortunately, I would say that Trubisky is more of an athlete than a quarterback. Uh, God love the kid, man. I mean, he's been through it uh, with us uh, in Chicago. You know, he has to go through the the benching, the New Orleans game. Maybe we try to put a little Taysom Hill package together for him. First play out there, bangs up his shoulder, and he's injured for the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's just like, could 2020 suck anymore for Mitch than it has? He finally gets his chance to come back. Um, you know, to national TV against the Packers, a real great opportunity for him to uh, 
reassert himself as the starter uh, of the team. Even though he got his job back through injury, he had a real chance to, to put his stamp on it and um, you know kind of solve the issue about who our quarterback will be in these last five games. And I honestly can't say that his performance did that tonight. Like, I think it's still going to be an issue. I mean, with, with how easily Nagy pulled the trigger back in week three, uh, I think we were all surprised he did it when he did it. But um, not surprised at all that he did pull the trigger on it. And I just think that once Foles is healthy, like if he's healthy next week for Detroit, I think Mitch will be the starter. But I, I you know, honestly, I would not be surprised if Mitch comes out maybe throws an early interception or makes some bad reads that, you know, Foles would start the second half or something like that. I just, I, you know, I completely can see something like that uh, happening. So, bear down to Mitch, you know, it's obviously he was out there. He was trying. Uh, he looked better than Foles. And like I said, what I mean by that is kind of the effortlessness, you know, he's just better at being, he's just better than Foles as far as being an athlete and, you know, looking the part, I guess, maybe would maybe is what Mitch pulls off better than Foles does. Foles is very stiff uh, and things like that. It's he's not a really pretty uh, looking quarterback in, in, in the way that he plays the game. He's very clunky. He's very stiff. But, you know, in his various stops, he's gotten it done in one form uh, or another. And until the offensive line absolutely fell apart on him, um, you know, he was actually not doing bad for us either. But. So as the, the offensive line goes, so goes Nick Foles. And uh, unfortunately, he got banged up uh, in the process. But let's see. Bill Lazor, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Bear Down. You know, sorry, Mitch, but I got to. John Jenkins, uh, Bear Down. Uh, Bear Down, Roquan and Danny Trevathan. You guys were <laughs> I, – I, I mean, maybe it, it's more of a – uh, a scheme thing where the Packers were just outsmarted us uh, on this one, but it just seemed like in the running game with Aaron Jones, you guys guessed wrong every single time on which gap to attack in the running game, you know, and I know that, that there were a couple of instances where we did a run blitz and they ran away from it. Like Rogers read it. So he, you know, I don't know if maybe he audibled or, or whatever the case was, but they always seemed to run away from where Roquan was coming from. So he essentially took himself uh, out of the play. Not necessarily his fault, but but th there were so many times where they were showing us like from behind the line of scrimmage where the Packers were running towards the, the end zone camera, how many times that Trevathan and Roquan were kind of there and then they made a move and then – but instead they, they ran to the right – Aaron Jones was going left and so on and so forth over they overran something that, that over aggressive thing that we struggled with uh, in the middle of the season uh, there, you know, not to mention the uh, didn't, uh, you know, uh, bear down to Buster screen because I'm going to lump you in with Danny Trevathan on this one. Uh, back to the old uh, there's Danny Trevathan trailing so and so in coverage thing. Buster screen was being exploited. Uh, by Aaron Rodgers uh, as well so I mean it was just <sighs> difficult to sit there and watch and like I said it was one of the things that I was concerned about is that with the valiant efforts that we've been getting from the defense losing Akeem Hicks and you know Aaron Rodgers always having our number we were due for a bad game and sure enough this was it
The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bearstalk Underground also comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Undrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. And I'm talking, of course, about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why aren't you putting it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls do stink. Speaking of sweaty, stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking And, boy, they really paint a really great picture of what's going on down there, don't they? And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long. It's time to upgrade those uh, overused pair of boxers in Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped to get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. You know, down 27 to 10 at halftime. Granted, not all of those points were on the defense. Uh, you know, Mitch got uh, Mitch got sacked and stripped, and uh, Green Bay ran that one in for a touchdown. But, you know, Green Bay had the ball three times in the first half. They scored three touchdowns, three long drives. You know, I think the Bears had 10, 12 plays at halftime, and, and – Green Bay had like 36 or something like that. It's like the opening drive, 14 plays, half of the first quarter touchdown. The you know after you know the Bears have their exciting opening drive, we settle for a field goal per usual. Um, that's on Cole Komet. Bear down, Cole Komet. You know you got to catch that ball, man. I know the defender was there, but you got to catch it. You got both hands on. It. You got to come down with it. Bear down Allen Robinson, losing another contested 50-50 ball. 
You know, it's the NFL. You got to come down with these catches, bro. You just have to, especially in this team. We can't. And it goes back to, to my keys I've been talking about for weeks, maximizing the playmaking opportunities. You got a chance to make a play in the end zone. You got to win that battle. You got to win that battle. And you didn't. You know, Allen Robinson was more prevalent in the offense tonight than he has been for weeks. And I think that's because that's Mitch's guy. So, of course, we we're going to see a, a lot of Allen Robinson. But, again, Allen Robinson has a chance to make a play. Somebody is there defending it, and he's 50-50 in the end zone, and he loses. Only this time he didn't let the defender come down with interception. The ball just fell out. He should have caught the ball. We would have had a tie game. Actually, we may have had the lead briefly there uh, because the Packers missed the extra point to start the uh, when they started scoring, so we would have been temporarily up 7-6. to six. And I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but you never know what kind of momentum shift that could be, you know, because the Packers probably came off the field feeling, feeling good about ma- have, making the Bears settle for a field goal as opposed to maybe being dejected or, uh, or upset having given up a touchdown to an offense that has struggled like ours has. And what a boost that would have been to our offense to go out on the opening drive, which we haven't done since the Giants game, I think. Have we scored a touchdown on an opening drive since the Giants game? I can't think of one. I just No, no, I don't think so. Um, we, I mean, I think maybe technically Carolina, but that was after a turnover. So, yeah, I mean, have we taken an opening drive down the field for a touchdown since we did it to the Giants week number two? I can't think of a time because it certainly hasn't happened like in the last month and a half. That's for sure. I mean, I think Carolina was probably the last chance, and that was on a short field after the opening drive turnover from Carolina. So I'm not going to count that one. I'm talking about we took the, you know, we got the kickoff or, you know, our opening drive after a punt and took it 80 yards down the field and put it in the end zone. That has not happened since week two. And what a boost it would have been, you know, the first drive with Mitch back, his first, you know, first drive with him as the quarterback in eight games, so on and so forth. All those things that emotionally could have boosted the boosted the, the, the team. Instead, dejected as always, settle for the easy field goal instead of, you know, having a chance to tie and or take the lead. You know, Cole Komet, Allen Robinson, bear down to you both. Who knows how the game turns out? Maybe not a whole lot different. Maybe not different at all. You know, maybe we would have just had, uh, you know, maybe it would have been 27 to 14 at halftime as opposed to 27 to 10. But we'll never know because you didn't make the play. So bear down Allen Robinson. Bear down Cole Komet. You got to make those plays. You got to make those plays. So, um, you know. What else? Um you know, we got Roquan and Danny Trevathan in there, Jonathan Jenkins or John Jenkins. Um, anybody else not play particularly well tonight? I mean, our defense as a whole, you know, maybe we put that on Pagano, just letting far or far Rogers sit back there and carve us to pieces uh, all night long. Didn't really seem like we were making any kind of adjustment there. And, um, you know, laser for not sticking with the run or running more, uh, especially with the way Montgomery was running the football, with the way that 
our offensive line was blocking the run for the first time in a long time. Um, so I think that's it. All right, so let's wrap it up with the the bear-ups. There are only three that I can think of. Uh, number one, bear-up, David Montgomery. Over 100 yards rushing on only about 11 or 12 carries today. Uh, caught a pass for a touchdown in garbage time uh, in the fourth quarter. So he had a great fantasy game uh, today. You know, nice big uh, uh, triple-digit run total and a touchdown uh, to boot. So he scored some points for somebody today. Um, bear up to Kyle Fuller. Um, I know that we, as, you know, the defense as a whole did not have a great game. It just seemed like every time that there was a contested hit or, you know, a nice hit or a good solid tackle, 23 was was the guy sticking his helmet in there. He also seemed like he was the only one who brought his balls tonight, to be completely honest with you. You know, he was the one that was getting in those receivers' faces and pushing and shoving guys and things like that. I was like, where the hell was that from everybody else? It's Bears-Packers, guys. We've lost four in a row. These guys just are just dying to kick us while we're down. And the only one who really showed up emotionally tonight, as far as I'm concerned, was Kyle Fuller. And I'm just – the hell with it. He's the MVB. I, I, I'll make him the most valuable bear because, you know, like I said, he was the only one emotionally who really seemed to show up for the game on defense. I mean, and, and maybe the defense is just tired of, uh, uh, you know, of getting nothing back from the offense, and this was the mutiny that I was, uh, you know, kind of jokingly saying that was, you know, waiting for it to come and, uh, and everything. But it seemed like Kyle Fuller was the only one that was treating this thing like the rivalry game that it is. You know, from the beginning, he was mixing it up uh, with guys. You know, offensive linemen, Aaron Rodgers, he didn't care. He was he was jawing with everybody. And, um, you know, God bless him for it. You know, it, it just seemed like he was the only one who really brought his balls with him tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to, 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 to see him uh, do that. And then this might surprise you guys, but the last bear up for me goes to the offensive line. Um, you know, Mitch took some hits tonight, and that's going to happen. But they played better than they have in weeks. It has been a long time since it was completely obvious we have the worst offensive line in football, you know, while watching a Bears game. You know, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect. It was better than it's been in a long time. You know, Charles Leno, he got beat up a little bit tonight. But white hair at left guard, Sam Mustafa at center, Alex Bars, right guard, and Afidi pushed out to right tackle, which means Rashad Coward's sorry ass was not out on the field. Thank holy Christ. Okay? Thank God. And, you know, I was very happy to see that uh, when they showed the the opening lineup. It's like, oh, my God. Thank God. Somebody finally watched the goddamn film. I mean, Jesus Christ, how long were we going to keep trotting that sorry son of a bitch out there? Good God. So, and he was healthy. He played. He was on, like, uh, you know, extra point and field goal and stuff like that. I saw him out there. He just wasn't playing tonight. Thank God. Thank God. So, bear up to those guys. Hopefully, it's the start, you know, and as they get some some more practice time together, some more tread on the tires there. Maybe they'll have when we better against Detroit this Sunday and then better against Houston the week after that. 
you know, because we're not playing any top flight defenses until I mean, the best defense we'll play will be the defense we play tonight when we play the, the Packers week 17 in a game they may or may not be playing for. So, you know, if we can keep this unit together, keep it healthy. Maybe we can get something going with it. You know, maybe we'll look better in the passing game because the quarterback's got time to throw. We can run the football a little bit better. Who knows? But they look better than they have in a while. And, uh, you know, it was uh, encouraging, at least, to see that, you know, to not be absolutely embarrassed by what the offensive line uh, was doing. And, and I base that mostly on the run game, to be completely honest with you. We, we barely had the ball in the first half. I mean, we, we barely had it at all. And then in the second half, you know, it was mostly garbage time in the fourth quarter that we actually started racking up some, some plays and some time of possession. But um, I liked what I saw from the offensive line. Um, which it's not a high bar, guys. Not a high bar. But um, much better than we've seen. Definitely much better than we've seen the last couple of weeks against Minnesota and Tennessee. Um, but um, like I said, again, not a high bar. <laughs> not a high bar. If, if that was an offensive line that Nick Foles had in front of him, he might still be healthy. Who knows? But um, anyway. That's going to do it. Like I said, Kyle Fuller, the MVB uh, for this week. Uh, you know, like I said, he was seemingly everywhere, making tackles and, and things like that. He's still our best corner, still our best defensive back because Eddie Jackson, I don't know what's going on with him, man. And um, like I said, he also seemed to be the only one that brought his emotions with him to the game. He was the one getting in people's faces talking trash, pushing and shoving and things like that, treating it like the rivalry game that it is, treating it like it's important, like it's a game we got to have. You just didn't see that from anybody else tonight. And, uh, you know, hell, bear down to everybody else who didn't do that. So, anyway, that's going to do it, guys. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. That's uh, Bear Up, Bear Down for week number 12. Come back tomorrow um, where I promise the explicit tag on that episode because I'm going to get myself pretty well wound up uh, talking about it and uh, going through the knee-jerk reactions uh, and things like that. So this is rather tame, but I'm also very tired. <laughs> it's been a very long day. This day began in my father's house in Indiana. I drove uh, three hours from Indiana to the Quad Cities in Iowa to watch the game with my buddy uh, in Davenport and then drove the last hour and change to get home to Cedar Rapids. Got home about 1230 so here I am recording this about 1.30 in the morning before I go to bed to get ready for work uh, in the morning. So I wanted to get this done, get it out, and uh, but uh, I'll be fully charged up and ready when I record the full deep dive review uh, when I get done with my workday uh, tomorrow night. So come back on Tuesday. The deep dive review will be there. I will bring my emotions, I'll bring my balls, and I will bring the explicit tag with me for another disappointing showing on national TV for our beloved against Green Bay. You know, <laughs> I was watching, like I said, watching that game with my buddy, and, it, you know, he just kept talking about how Aaron Rodgers looks bored because it's just too easy. He just goes out there, this guy's wide open, that guy's wide open. You know, they just seem to be just so like, – how many times are you going to get out coached by Green Bay before we figure this out? Like, it doesn't matter who the coach is or anything like that. Who our coaches are, who their coaches are, they just seem to be smarter than us no matter what because their guys are wide open pretty much any time. You know, like Rodgers is rolling, rolling, rolling right. He throws the football, 
as we're panning down, uh, you know, panning across, we're following the football. The wide receiver for Green Bay comes into frame, and of course he's wide open. Nobody within five uh, five yard radius of the guy as he makes an easy uncontested catch. You know, like it, like it's almost too easy. It's almost one of those catches where like the hardest thing about it is going to be him actually catching the ball. Like it's so easy he might actually drop it. That's how open Green Bay's receivers were on a regular basis tonight. So anyway, I'm getting myself wound up and it's way too late. I'm gonna save it for tomorrow. So come back tomorrow for the week twelve review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Until then, my name is Larry D and this is Bid. Bears Talk Underground. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.